Hi, my name's Clark Reynolds, aka The Blind Braille Artist. And my name's Steve Baker, and I'm Just Good Company. Together, we create the podcast Art Insight. We're travelling along the South Coast for an Arts Council funded project to explore what audio description is. As an artist myself who's blind, I like to experience the art like it was intended. So, Steve, creates that for me. It's been a while, mate. It has. Another few weeks have passed and we're back at another gallery. So where uh, are we? We're where in Chichester today. Ah, not too far from home. Uh, amazing gallery, uh, Pant House. Um, very understated outside. It just It's like a box standard building alongside, you know, really ornate houses. But when you go inside, it's huge. It's like a TARDIS. You've got old section, old house. You've got the new section. Uh, we've just walked up uh, a flight of stairs and the, uh, the whole corridor area is being painted by um, a graphic artist from Germany. Um, I think it's pronounced Heidegger or Heidegger. He does a lot of stuff in London anyway. So yeah, bright colors as you walk in and uh, we're gonna talk about a very unusual exhibition for yourself. Okay, well, I mean, just to describe the building as to where we're standing out, it, unlike um, most gallery floors that we've been to, the brushed concrete has, deserted us today and what we're actually standing on is beautiful flagstone flagstone floor it's very different it's kind of got a lighter feel to it um slightly more opulent in its kind of uh, uh, you know the way that it makes you feel in the space it's kind of a sense of it's an expensive building it feels like that it's, it's been converted really well like i say you would not know when you walk through the doors you'll be going into a very contemporary gallery but with very tinges of oldness i mean literally you walk like to the other corridor and you're in the old part of the house. Yeah. Nothing's changed. And there's different sections, it feels different. But you can also like hear the echo, that nature of, you know, it's very quiet in here. You know, that library-esque feel we talk about when we go to quite a few galleries. Um, it's got that very much. I mean, there are people around as we're doing this, but... People are going to be very quiet. Yeah. They're going to be respectful because it's that kind of nature gallery. It's if you're going to London, and you go to the National Portrait Gallery, um, that's how people respond to. So we're going to shake things up today. Well, yeah, we're probably already being a bit more noisy than most visitors, so we'll, we'll try to uh, curb our enthusiasm ever so slightly. But so the who, uh, what's the exhibition we're here to see? It's, it's, um, it's a portrait uh, exhibition uh, by an artist called Glyn Philpot. There you go, and it's uh, the actual the exhibition is called Flesh and Spirit. And as usual, um, there's a sort of a little description of, of that uh, as we walk through. And so at the moment we're walking through a corridor, um, you know, a corridor that's about two and a half meters wide, these flagstone floors, quite high ceilings, you can hear the echo. And we'll be walking into to the gallery. And but not a white box gallery? No, not a white box, no, not a white box from what I can see. This space here does feel a bit more light and airy because the front windows are sort of casting in quite a lot of the light and then we'll get into the exhibition in a second so i'll just give a little read of uh, the description so glenn philpot was a sought after society portraitist who shook off convention to embrace modernism this is the first major exhibition of philpot's work in almost 40 years since the retrospective at the national portrait gallery in 1984 it brings together over 100 paintings drawings and sculptures 
many unseen in public for decades to chart the artist's evolution from a highly traditional style underpinned by his own study of the old masters to his embrace of modernism whilst working in Paris in the 1930s. Right, so this is a proper old master collection portraiture, but with a difference. There is going to be some shocking portraiture we're going to see. Well, I've yet to know what to expect. I mean, I can... So we take a look into the yeah. Let's 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 go. We walk straight through the middle. So we're walking through the double doors as we go in, and as we go in, I think we'll turn to. Oh, can you hear that? So we've gone from the flagstone to uh, a very solid pine wood flooring. Yeah. So the centre of the the floor is is now lovely polished wood. Um, so it's a different texture under feet and. The room is, once again, it's a, it's a large open space. And like you say, one of the walls here is, is uh, not quite like normal in terms of seeing these in exhibitions. It's a nice dark navy color. And all of the, the pieces are displayed, you know, very traditionally around the wall. So should we um, take a look this way, just to the left? Yeah. Oh, and this is this something unusual we've not seen in, uh, this is the first time we've seen this in the gallery, unless you're outside London, is the barrier. Yeah, oh, you're right. So on the floor in front of us, there's a small uh, wire frame with some legs on it, which means that we can't actually step right close to the piece that's on the wall. And the, so, you know, so, so we're inhibited from walking there. And from, from your perspective, obviously, from visual impairment, you would feel that. Yeah, um, and it's as you obviously, you know, portraiture, you want to get up close and personal like the artist did, and we're being nullified because art is like that sometimes. It's part of a collection, it's expensive, so they don't want people to get grubby little fingers on, on um, oil. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's upsetting sometimes, but I, I can understand why. But to put the barrier there, it's, it feels like there's a barrier in the art world because you can't access it culturally or visually. Yeah, you may, you may get more out if you were to be able to move quite close to it, but obviously these, these pieces are being uh, protected for a good reason, I assume. Um, so I'll, I'll attempt to, to describe this portrait. Um, well, the whole thing is, is about portraiture, but there's a, it's not your typical portraiture. He did push, he has pushed boundaries in what his subject matter was. Exactly, so I think one of the things about this is I think who he is painting is as important as the image of, of what he's painted. So I think today, more than any day, the descriptions are probably going to stand out a little more because they'll add context to why that person has been chosen. And, and, and then we'll perhaps pick out the narrative under what he's tried to say through those particular portraits in that traditional style. So the master style that we, we, yeah. we heard about on the, at the front, the introduction. So he's taken the old masters like the Rubens, um, and, and gone beyond that in the 1930s style. Yeah, so if I um, look at this, uh, this piece here, it's, it's a black man looking to his left, he's got short cropped hair over the top, and his expression is a little bit, um, it's a pragmatic expression, maybe, you know, slightly, maybe slightly sad in a way, and he's got a goatee beard, Big bloaty beard, nice and kempt, 
probably from my from my sort of observation, probably in sort of thirties from a modern context, but I'm not sure how old that would have meant um, when it was painted. And he's got a white neckerchief and a dark and a dark shirt, and he's just looking off to his left, sort of a little bit of melancholic view. So it's not your typical face on portrait. Let's see me who I am. He's trying to capture an essence of the of the sitter by just saying that that glance away. Yeah, exactly. And so he's sort of looking off, you know, contemplating. Um, and I don't know how else to describe it there. Like there's no, around his, his, his shirt, it's, it's sort of, is it negative? I think he's actually wearing two shirts. So one is like a white shirt underneath and then a darker colour over the top. Um, shall we look at who, it, who he's painted? And well, yes, yeah, it's really interesting in this exhibition from compared to other ones. Um, usually you just you get a title, or even don't, don't get a title at all, just like a QR code. But, what more says there's a manuscript, like a huge paragraph with each piece, so it gives it narrative. Yeah, it does, it does. So uh, this is a portrait of Paul Robson as Othello, uh, which is... Ah, that makes sense, the, the, the way the look, the glance away, like he's it, in pose, he's in, he's in that theatrical pose. He is very much, yeah, it's sort of that thespian sort of vibe. Um, so in May 1930, the African-American actor, singer and civil rights activist Paul Robson performed a historic production of Shakespeare's play Othello at the Savoy Theatre in London. And there's more description there. There's so, that so much information um, beyond what we see as the artwork, which is interesting. I said, portraiture, you go to most portraiture, it just, you better get a title. You just see what you want to see. But having almost a manuscript of, there's over 100 pieces in here. And each one has, you know, more than enough written work. And it'd be surprising how many people look at the artwork and then actually read what is written. Yeah, I think in a gallery like this, I think the reason why they've described it that way, you know, they've really honed down, you know, how to help somebody interpret like the deeper meaning under the art. And there's a whole paragraph, you know, which talks about his activism and... Um, Especially in 1930s in America, um, you know, African-American of person of colour with stature, you know, is, again, that class thing. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously come to London, and even then, back in the 1930s, we're still quite a you know, racist country, and for him to be painted in such a way, to give that, you know, look at me, you know, instead of painting the, the royals or upper class, he's painted an African-American and give him purpose. Yeah, there you go. So, so And that's what we're going to find, find out in, in his exhibition. So should we walk straight through into this... So we're walking before we, you know, as we're going to walk around like a circuit, like turn left, turn left. Yeah, yeah, we did, we did turn left, didn't we? Yeah, yes. so if we go through, there's a smaller room as we walk in. And as we walk round to the left, you know, you probably, this is a smaller room, you can, maybe you can hear the changing echo. Um, the colour's amazing, isn't it? It's really, it, it brings the opulence. It does, that dark navy colour. And all of the walls in this room are, are that colour. So around the outside we've got the flagstones, once again inset in the middle we've got this lovely wood and in the middle of the room there's a, a panel so breaking up the two sides of the room. It's, it's once again quite a large room you can probably still hear the echo and probably hear, you can hear the creak of the wood under my feet potentially there. And so we're now moving on to uh, this next piece which once again has got that very master's look. Is it, it does. It feels like if we step back in time to uh, 1700s yeah, and they've in, and it's been painted that way. So the oils in this one are, are kind of not quite mixed almost. You know, from my eye, it's sort of like they're just overlaying, almost like a bit chalky in the way that it comes across. 
Angelic. Angelic, indeed. And actually this picture is, um, I'll just describe it as I see it, as a young, a young boy um, looking up to his left um, with, with sort of curly matte black hair. You know, quite, sort of once again, the expression isn't um, showing particularly heightened or lowered emotions. So there's no real joy or there's no real sadness or fear. And they're sitting there, maybe a little girl, depending. It's kind of difficult to work out without actually reading it. Um, and they're wearing um, a white top, which is um, sort of sort of loose fitting with a V-neck and they're crossing their arms and they're looking up to the left as if maybe they're being spoken to or... Um, it's almost like a, like a Baptist um, dress. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's being baptised, that kind of thing. And that, it's really weird because we said that the angelic thing, I see some, uh, like a lighter colour here, it almost reminds me of the wings. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, and there's not a lot of detail on no. those two shapes going up behind and it does look like they could be shaped like wings, but it could also just be the background. Yeah. But I think, I think when you look at the bright white or the bright colours that are compared to the, the, the whole background, you know, is very black, you know, and where the the person's hair is kind of blended into the, the background, it's almost the same colour. You can just make out the shape of the, the curly hair. Um, and, the, you know, the, the young person's face is a little bit cheeky, a little bit chubby. It's, it's, it's weird because we, we, there's a lot of artwork here, but, you know, as a portrait artist back in, you know, the 1900s, you, you know, he, was he, a lot of the paintings he probably did were to the higher class to, so he could fund the artwork we've just seen the first one. Mm. You know what I mean? So we're going to see artwork that, that's, you know, some uh, lord has asked him to commission, you know, and he's got that money and he's probably used that money to paint the, the other social... Because I don't think you get much... Paint, you wouldn't have got paid a lot to paint an African-American compared to a white person in a portraiture in the early 1900s. That's got to be... You know, that's a fact, isn't it? As well, in context... Maybe. I, I mean, something we could perhaps look up, you know, how that the funding of, of art in the, in the 1800s was different to today by absolute miles. And he used to know whether he was being paid or, at all. So, I mean, perhaps we can um, take a little look at the description of this one. So this, the title of this piece is The Little Spaniard uh, around 1900 and it's oil on canvas following trips to Spain between 1906 and 1910, Phil Pot painted several works with Hispanic subjects. He saw paintings by Diego Velasquez. <laughs> yeah, I can't read all the Spanish names there very well. And the Spanish old masters so in there you Prado go. museums in, in Spain, churches. Churches, so with that, that, that theory or the angelic nature of this piece has come out for his, his travels. Yeah, indeed. So you start to see is a start to feel an eclectic mix of who he chooses to paint. So should we take another look? I mean, there's so many pieces, as we said from before, there's over perhaps a hundred in here of all different portraits. So we're not going to get the chance to look at a hundred. I mean, um, these, these two are interesting, uh, just because of the nature, the size of them. Um, and then you've got, even though they're the same artist, but the narrative is so different, well, isn't it? I think the, the choice of these, what, you want to talk about both of these pieces? Yeah, I think the, 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 the idea, obviously, because you've got two people in each. Yeah. Um, from what I can see, that one looks very, almost like 15th century style painting, where this one looks 20th century. 
Yeah, so the, I've got an older style. I mean, from your perspective, I think you're picking it up more than I am. And on the left, sort of a modern sort of yeah, 1920s. So the left piece is um, a couple um, and they're dressed up to, to go somewhere. So they're both wearing um, black tie attire. So the gentleman's sort of, they're both sitting on a, a, a sort of lovely opulent chair together. Are they at the opera? They could be at the opera. The background's got great, huge balustra, um, huge pillars that are carved and they're all golden. So it sort of feels very opulent. Wherever they are, it feels as if they're celebrating something or they're, like you say, maybe at the opera. And the painting is quite loose. That impressionistic take um, is a bit more blurry. That's uh, sort of like, even though I'm seeing it blurry, but I presume it's more blurry. It is, yeah. It's, a, it's sort of not the detail, isn't, you know, that photo type quality that, you know, we've perhaps seen with some of the other art that we've, we've, uh, we've used in recent times. But I love looking at the details and... Um, I see some interesting details, yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah, see what you pick up from it. So on his left hand, he's got his ring on his small finger. And okay. on her left hand, she's got a ring on her small finger, but also on the finger next to it, you know, to suggest. Um, so it's may, not a wedding she may, she may be engaged or she may be married. And the young man, you know, only has a, a, a ring on his left small finger, which I, I don't know if that's a, is, what does that mean? I don't think, I mean, I'd... Must be a class thing back in the day. Well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I wear my wedding ring on my second finger on my left hand, so... Uh, so she's in some way engaged or not, but he perhaps isn't. Um, <laughs> you're reading too much into it. <laughs> I know, I don't know. But I mean, ah. that's, you know, if you're looking at the details, you know, what, is there a story there that's being told here? You know, they, their expressions, um, once again. Um, be interesting if, because obviously we've seen it as a portrait where, where Glynn uh, was when he sketched it. Did he sketch it? them in his studio and then put the, the background in after. So they were sitting in the chaise longue in the studio. And then he said to him, like, it's like a, a photographer these days, you know, what background do you want? You want to be in the West End and stuff. And they put that on green screen. So the idea is, did he literally sketch it in situ or was this placement? It could, I mean, I don't know if we would ever know. I mean, I don't know if it will, it will we well, maybe will find out about his art style as we go, but it could be, yeah. I mean, the background is rather somewhat generic in that sense you know you could just paint the background of an opera house um, and then just put you know this is what you're going to get you know you, you go to a studio you've got opera house you've got country park and um, you've got uh, a <laughs> stately home which one do you want kind of you know, the option i think their, their expressions are i think important to perhaps start to sort of work out what they're thinking i mean if you look at his eyes they're both slightly turned out and, and, and they've got a sort of sadness to them. So she, and almost his top lip is, is, is down slightly, as if... She's, he's not as in love with her as she is to him. Well, I don't know. It's her, that her expression, Her expression's looking quite a lot across, as, as if she also feels a sense of sadness too. Um, not in, in, um, so she's leaning into him, which um, is interesting, because psychologically, when there's two people, if you have a photo taken, usually there's a sort of a sense of power dynamic between the two. And if one person leans into the other, it usually means that the person that's being lent into is actually has the control and the power in that relationship, which in this ah. image is, is what is happening. So she's leaning into him and he's sort of sitting back with his hand on his arm, which is quite sort of pronounced and strong. But they both have this kind of sort of 
lostfulness. Yeah, in their eyes. But, you, but the background is exuberant background. It's like, it's money, it's going to the opera. You know, in the early 1900s, you know, only the rich went to opera. Yeah. So were their expressions, you know, you'd think potentially, you know, they're happy, joyful, rich people, but their expressions and the way that they're interacting with each other suggest that they're perhaps not as happy, is it? And the title of this piece? Again, you can't get too close. So um, it's called The Stage Box. So a short part of the description is Phil Pop painted numerous depictions of performers on stage, but in this picture, he turned his attention to the audience. This exploration of spectatorship shows a glamorous young couple at the opera. So, <laughs> so we talked about, did he paint it in studio? But he could have sketched this during the interval, quick sketch, and then painted it. So he, he was like the, the paparazzi of his time. Yes, yeah. He's doing his thing. I like that, because we, we talked about, was it studio-based or was he there? And it feels like, obviously, he, he was there and he did these really quick sketches. That's why the, the, the de you said about it, we talked about detail. It's not like they've sat there for hours and hours. He's probably sketched this in 15 minutes and took it to the studio and painted it. Yeah, because it would definitely take you longer than the interval. <laughs> you know, that's I don't know, sure. isn't opera's about 12 hours long these, these days? I just, I mean, I'm not touching it. I'm just leaning right in and there is some texture to it that I can see. So the oils that he's using, he's really bringing out the texture. And on the ring, on the male's small finger, it's really pronounced high. You know, so you can see it's almost like a 3D rip. It's almost 3D off the page, like with so much paint there. But it's interesting, we were chatting about it for a couple of minutes and yet we kind of, we got this sense of, of the picture. And then when you read the description, we kind of nailed it, which is unusual for us. <laughs> we always, well, we don't, I don't know, we don't always nail it, but, but we normally pick out some detail of relevance. And then the next piece, which is juxtaposition to this, the same, the same artist, but has a totally different narrative. Yeah, this is a more, well, I think one of the things that all of the pictures so far we've seen, they do all have this kind of thoughtful, melancholic kind of emotion. Really? I, I mean, um, for me, look, you know, the first one was looking away. These guys are kind of looking towards each other. You know, this boy was looking up, you know, as if, you know, there was, you know, maybe just in the air, in sort of area of kind of wistfulness. You know, there's yet to, we've yet to see a smile in this but yeah. back in the day, weren't you told not to smile in even early photography and portraiture anyway? Even oh. in the masters, you know, they never captured a smile or a smirk. It's it was always, always that shoulders back, yeah. strong up a little. Yeah, you didn't see uh, um, Queen Elizabeth get a, uh, a portrait done when she was smiling back in the day. Well, I'm hoping that we might find some. That, that, that's, that's your task. I will, I will out, if I see from out the hundreds in here, if I see a smile, we're going in. Yeah, but this, again, it's a juxtaposition, isn't it? This piece is so different yet, but it's done from the same artist. It is, yeah. So the, this is, um, the detail in this is more pronounced. So the features on the face and the, some of the curves in the, in the, the two dresses. So it's two, uh, women, one sitting in a, on a, a wash, sort of like a, a note, once again, a very nice carved chair, which has got red material over and oak. So it's kind of got a high back and the older lady is all in black. With widow? In mourning? Maybe a widow. Could well in mourning. Um, and then in front of her, sort of sitting down at her, on her sort of lap is, is sort of right there, sort of, almost consoling kind of, you know, is, is, you know, 
she's got a bright pink dress, which is ruffled. So it looks like it's some kind of silky material. Um, and then there's some small details. So but once again, both of them, their eyes do look, they look sad, you know, a sense of um, that far away, you know, and I think that that acceptance of, you know, so they're not, so while sitting there together, you know, their eyes are looking away. They're probably, they're deep in their own thoughts. And I think the fact that she's wearing black does sort of allude to mourning. In mourning. Yeah. It could be um, the wife and the mum of the, you know, of the lost, the lost it, son. It could be, or, or the it husband. could be, a, it could be the mother and the daughter of a husband, you know, or, yeah, it could be that along those lines. There are, once again, some small details. So on the chair next to the, the older lady wearing black, there's a book on the chair, sort of half under her sort of thigh, and it's got, it's got a green cover, and it's got a little red uh, page marker hanging out of it. Um, she does have a, a, a wedding band on her hand. And then the younger lady is holding, uh, looks like a circular... Looks like a brooch, and on the brooch, it looks like there's an image. So Could be you no know, the portrait of, of the of the lost one of the person. Yeah, and so it's a. It's done. Obviously, this is sitting. This is taking. This is not a quick sketch like the the one we've just seen. This is deliberately set out, painted in a way that, that again resonates with the the old masters. Yeah, um, and you can see the style on this one is very classic. Yes, more. And the, the background is, is all in oak panels, so there's no real detail to the background. All oak panels behind them. You know, once again, they're giving a sense of, a sense of wealth because of their clothing. And um, the younger lady has actually got a brooch holding up on her shoulder, which looks like a flower or a butterfly, which, which sort of interestingly sort of does sort of stand out with slightly less detail than and some of the other elements, like what she's holding and the ring and the book. Um, and there is a small plant on the table that's next to them. But like I say, the, the, the artwork, the, what, you've, you know, what we're looking at, wouldn't stay out of place in, by 17th century artists. Mm. Now you're going to tell me the date of this was painted. <laughs> so this was painted. Um, so this picture is called Daisy Philpot and Gertrude Cross, the sisters of the artist. Ooh. Wow. This picture was described as the outstanding work of genius when it was exhibited in the Royal Academy in 1922. Philpott painted his older sisters, Daisy and Gertrude, in long dresses in a manner that evoked the old masters, with Daisy's dress recalling the depicted in Verona sees the dream of St. Helena in the National Gallery, when subsequently asked to recreate their poses for a tableau of charity, the sisters were unable to do so as the dresses had been invented by the artist. It was described by the curator Robin Gibson as almost willfully conservative. It has a haunting, timeless quality and almost existentialist atmosphere which could only belong to the 20th century. That's strange, isn't it? Like we, we perceive it as a, like say, the masters, the 18th century painting, painting in the early, early 20th century. Yeah. Um, and I say it's timeless, but the sisters, that's, yeah. Yeah, the narrative wasn't one. I think the black dress, I mean, maybe from a modern culture's perspective, really would stand out. As but it was inspired by that, the, an original paint, like a painting from a master, so maybe that painting, because no, I don't know that painting, has that, that quality about it, you know, the morphiness of it. Indeed, yeah, indeed. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you'd like to find out more about the special Baker Reynolds method of audio description, or you'd like to know more about Art Insight, you can find us on Instagram at Art Insight Podcast. Till next time.